we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show that likes to present some ideas for you to ponder, some ideas for you to disagree with, and hopefully some interesting things that are worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my friend and co-host, our very knowledgeable doctor of naturopathic medicine, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. Hello. Hello, Gord. Again, from a distance. Yes, from a distance. <laughs> Bette Midler should, should come on starting to sing her famous song, From a Distance. You look like my friend. Um, uh, we are live. If you would like to join in on the conversation, uh, please call us toll-free from anywhere in North America, one 888 346-9141. And we'd love to have you join the conversation. So last week we started to talk about what would a new norm be? Because we keep hearing this over and over, right? And now well, they look like they're maybe making a bit of movements, you know, uh, with with taking some of these restrictions down. So more and more people are talking about it. I'm surprised how many people are writing about it, actually. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. of stuff coming out now about new normals and so on. So it's kind of like, you know, what is next? Uh, for 16 months, we've been sort of told what to do, when to be in, what, you know. It's like, hey, it's like being a kid. You don't have to worry about anything. Or, well, you got to pay your wow. you know. <laughs> but everything else, really, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been onerous. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, we're in a position that we get to start making our own decisions, which, of course, comes with the responsibility that we have to accept for their outcomes, I hate that part. Yeah. That's and a grown-up thing, isn't it? It's a grown-up thing. And, <laughs> and remember, we sort of touched on the aspect of how trusting that people have an intelligence to be able to be responsible mm. as business owners, especially small business owners. And, and that, to me, is where it's like, you know, we need to encourage that Yes, we do. People do know what they're doing, and they 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 really do. Um, instead of and then accepting responsibility, because I do think when we when we go into this place of I'm not responsible for my actions, or someone should have saved me, I think we run into a problem. You know, I think there's a lot of people though that are like that. I like to believe that they're not. I think that it goes back to the <laughs> sense of, of, well, there's there's people, there are some, but not a lot. Let's just put it out there that maybe there's not a lot. <laughs> I, th- I, think there, I think people have trouble with consequences. Mm. I think that the younger the people are, the greater the likelihood their parents took the consequences for them. So in other words, if their kid acted up, right. they came rushing in and paid it off or did whatever to get the kid, you know, uh, off of being expelled or suspended or, you know, going to jail, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, and I, I think that yeah. that teaches then, oh, my parents will take care of it. And I've heard kids say this. Well, yes, I, I remember I had that happen um, to me when I was driving across the country and someone 
a young teenager backed into my car and just like this Jeep just came and, and, and backed into my car. And I was supposed to be leaving the next day to continue my drive to Toronto. And uh, the immediate response, she did apologize. And then she gave me a, a card of her father's and said, you know, just contact my dad. And um, it was, it was, and again, it kind of reflects on this kind of wake up call of how society is, how are we teaching about consequences and have we forgotten that we need to teach people and each other that there are consequences for actions instead of trying to protect. And I think that that is very important to guide guidance and, and is different from protection, right? I think yeah, that's absolutely. hard for parents. I think that's really hard. Well, it is. I mean, no one wants to see their kid getting hurt and so on. But when do no, you, definitely. you know, do they get hurt now or do they really get hurt later in life? Maybe with your grandchildren because they they didn't really think through or have the concept yeah. of having their consequences, you know, yeah. uh, which is really, I don't know, it's kind of scary. Well, and it, it, it is a little scary. And it's also when we look at consequences, not only as individuals, but again, as the society, that how we have been living, the consequence is the pandemic. You know, it's right. not the pandemic's fault. It's not the COVID virus fault. It's, it's the consequence. No, <laughs> I don't believe it is. No, I agree with you. It's the I consequence, right? It's the, yeah, it yeah, is a consequence. It, it is. is a consequence. We've been, we've been asleep for far too long. Very unconscious yeah. for far too long. However, if we are waking up here, we have an opportunity, probably the only time ever in our lives, that we can actually recreate ourselves. Yes, absolutely. You know, in terms of, I mentioned like, your, you know, your job, your partner, like realizing, I really don't like this guy so much. Uh, or Your her home. Sitting there. Your home. Uh, a lot of people, amazingly, a lot of people have made some very, very big uh moves and decisions in the midst of this pandemic, mm-hmm. like, like life altering as in like picking up out from one city and moving to rural or moving to a town yeah. where you work, you know, even being in the same profession, but where you work, I mean, mm-hmm. there's just so many possibilities that are opening mm-hmm. themselves up. Um, you know, and so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at uh, in, in thinking about this is what happened in 1918 after the flu pandemic. Right. You know, that's exactly like 100 years ago. Mm. Now, the one thing we, they did not have is a play-by-play description. Oh, absolutely. How many, how many numbers, how many were infected, how many, they started to then, how many were recovered. Now it's how many have been vaccinated, how many are dead. And it's like, I think, I, I don't know, I think that creates more tension than anything. Oh, absolutely. We need absolutely. to know daily counts. Do you agree? No, no, no. And don't because, agree. again... I, I we do not. I do, I agree that we don't need to. And, yeah, yeah. And and it 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 really does feed. Again, it's not having full picture. It's having a tiny little piece of a puzzle, and then the emotion of fear takes over, and then the perspective changes, and then you have this panic and complete, you know, almost like a, a, a an, an amnesia about immunity or common sense. And, and I think that that's the danger of technology and the consequence of becoming very dependent on technology where our information or our belief about wisdom or knowledge and not taking responsibility for 
for critical thinking for ourselves Mm -hmm. is part of what has happened is that, you know, many people will rely on the news, which with this has been terribly mismanaged, right? And just feeding and propagating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. propagating it's so much fear. It's politicized, sound oh. bites. You know, oh. the, whole, the whole thing is just... Yeah, and it's out it's of totally context crazy. because nobody looks at the numbers. What, what does this really mean? But going back to 1918, too, that post-war, you've got depletion, trauma, um, all these things that make people extremely susceptible to illness. Absolutely. Extremely susceptible. Absolutely. So, yeah. so that's also part of it. But, but your point going but around... You, you, feeding this like going oh let's keep track of it doesn't mean anything but like by by each number it's like yeah. you know i think it's crazy making you know now it's of course how many are vaccinated what percentage what percentage is the positivity it's yeah. all that kind of stuff i just don't really think do we need to know that no. how about a weekly update you know how, how are we doing uh well how about reporting on look at look at all the transition and how the exodus from the city the, the yeah. massive exodus from the cities, which and drove I up think the is, prices. Yeah, and it, exactly, <laughs> it. it sure did. Doesn't and how make the, sense economically, right? And it's and it's and it's getting that sense of wait a minute. There's a reason that this dispersion is happening because in order to sustain life and to sustain the planet, these congested areas of the city are far too demanding on the planet, and so I oh, see yeah. this as dispersion as. Actually, it's a way that the earth is trying to balance itself and say there's lots of space out here because we've, you know, that where the cities are built, there's just too much strain on the land here. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And the people, and people show it. Yeah. <laughs> the people show it for the earth. Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. You know, in, in uh, 17 and 18, you know, um, 50 million people died. 50 million. That's a third of the planet. That's staggering. So without, you know, uh, uh, you know, because of the war, because of what was going on, in fact, this started in America. This actually is not the Spanish flu anything. Interesting. This, I didn't know that. Yes. In, in March of 1918, this mysterious illness was detected amongst a bunch of soldiers at a Kansas uh, Army base, uh, which is Fort Riley, and they were suddenly dying. These young guys were suddenly dying with like this flu-like disease. But due to wartime restrictions, they weren't allowed to report on anything happening in this in this sport, right? So it doesn't get out. However, Spain was neutral. Mm. The following month in April, uh, uh, King Alfonso the Eighth became gravely ill in April of 1918. So they weren't under the restrictions. Um, mm. that they couldn't report anything. And right. as a result, it came out. And that's where it's suddenly, you know, so it suddenly was looking like Spain was the most afflicted country in the entire world. And hence the Spanish flu. Oh, isn't that fascinating? I had no idea. There's, I remember learning about um, <coughs> some uh, historical um, material regarding <laughs> the homeopaths back then who were, who were mostly medical doctors actually. So right, most right. of them were medical doctors who were called the eclectics and they were using homeopathy adjunctly with conventional medicines. And they were able to have quite a, a good efficacy and response around recovery for people. And that's the same now in terms of, you know, homeopathy supporting 
vaccines supporting um, conventional medicine. It's it's a great way to work collaboratively. If that, I'd like to see that happen more. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's more collaboration to say what's better for everybody. You know. Yeah. Well, it's dictated, isn't it? I it's know. political. Let's get. I know. Again. I know. Political. You know. By in by May of 1918, Britain got hit. Hmm. And their hospitals were now becoming overrun. Gee, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Our hospitals, you know, um, uh, in fact, really did become overrun um, because we didn't have the personnel. We've got the space. We got the money in, in Canada. You know, they, they began turning wards into, you know, ICUs. But one ICU patient requires three eight-hour nurses a day. Right, you know, right, I mean, this right. is like staggering. You know, so, you know, so here was here was the whole thing of uh, hospital overrun, uh, and of course, being un unprepared. Like our big thing here, there was no PPE, the personal protection equipment for people. They didn't have enough, you know, well, all the masks and face stuff. And yeah, and I, and I think that, that yes, and, and I and I and that's where it's uh it's the sense of preparation, and it's also again the sense of. Of, because there's some debate as to how effective some of that gear is and the the amount of of um, changes that happened, you know, grocery bags in and out and no, oh, and yeah, so, yeah, like all of that, of that stuff. But but well, I think it wasn't that until it, they decided that it wasn't really uh, uh, sitting on 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 like railings or toilet seats or all the the fun stuff, you right, know, right. that it, you know, wash your hands and well, and, and, and that's, we're a little and, crazy in the beginning. Well, and and that to me was the was really kind of shocking to witness. Around it, it made me realize that yes, the the sadness is in the consequence of again how we're we've been living and how we're showing up. Is that we were talking about this last time that a lot of people don't understand that a fever is a positive thing for the body. A lot of people mm. don't understand that you know actually that sanitation stuff in terms of the alcohol really does disrupt the skin mantle the the membrane of the peach so, liver too yeah and soap is <laughs> soap well right <laughs> and soap soap is really important but i know that there was a removal of a lot of sinks so it was basically have this stuff around but yet you mm. can actually become and there are there's research showing that you can become become too sterile this is not good for immunity when you're, oh, when you're like a, living in a bubble and you're afraid yeah. to touch anything, that's the, that is the worst thing you can do for your immune system. Yeah, we need to be exposed in order for our immune system to go, I know exactly. that guy. Kill exactly. Him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Masks became a really big thing. Yep. And there was also anti-maskers. In oh, isn't that interesting? Seriously, in 1919 in San Francisco, there was a huge demonstration that summer for anti-maskers saying that their, their rights were being violated. That wow, okay, so here we are, you know, um, the whole thing about the rice and so on. And, of course, it was a new new for most of all of us, the idea of social distancing, but it was, it was actually what was being used in 1918. They were hmm. actually using the term social distancing. Oh, they were. Not, they were. And, and too bad we didn't change it then about the physical distancing. There should be physical you know, distancing. Right? Yeah, and stay in touch socially. Yes, because it's… yeah. You know, they've done some studies. There was a big one in, in uh, Britain, people identifying that their their biggest issue is being lonely. Oh, Gord, I think Loneliness that's what's killing, killing people. 
That's what's oh, killing people is that when is. We're, we're echoing each other, right? But it, it oh, yeah. is when Hello. it's not human nature. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> we, we could break into Adele, right? <laughs> yeah, really, really. <laughs> I don't want to break into her. No, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> but... but <laughs> You're terrible, but but the 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 aspect of that loneliness and contact, and I really think that is has been again terribly mismanaged, yes, misinformed, and isolating yeah. people. Come on, come on now. Like I just want to say, come on now. We can we can do better. We can do much better. And it again, it, the common sense, and and also assuming that people are stupid because that to me is the biggest insult. Is that. Wow, we're assuming really, that they have other people that are there well, for so them. So many assumptions, and what do we say about yes. assumptions? Yeah. Assume, right? Makes an ass of you and me. Yes. A S S U M. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I went to school that day. That's um, right. Yeah, I mean that's it's really uh, you know it breaks my heart with the elders you know that you know dying alone. That's, oh, that's the epitome of loan, isn't it? You yeah. know, uh, but also in 1918 there were no vaccines. There were no antibiotics and there was no steroids, all of which are being used in the treatment, you know, yeah. of this one. And we're still messing it up. Well, We've got I, all of these tools I, now. Exactly. You know? And my argument is going up. to be, or my opinion, is that it's because we are not allowing people and giving them common sense about immunity and other things they can do naturally to support their system. There's no guarantee. But when you miss this very large piece of being on a human being on this planet. There's so many medicinal plants available, so many things that people can do. But again, it goes back to, you know, ed- education, informing, guiding people. Yes, absolutely. Because homeopathy was around there. Homeopathy yeah. was, was oh, there in those days. I know. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. And it is really big, I know, in Britain. Uh, you know, but yeah, having people sitting alone, you know, cut off in their apartment is not exactly conducive to having an immune system. Nope. No. Definitely. Depression, anxiety, all all, all weakens immunity. Yeah. Yeah. So on a better note, we're going to take a break here and we will be right back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. 
It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, just a reminder, if you would like to join in on this conversation, uh, perhaps uh, sharing uh, how do you see your new normal evolving? Uh, we're available toll-free at 1-888-346-9141, and that's from anywhere in North America. We were saying before we had to go to commercial break, what? We were talking what, about what? collaboration of you know yeah. this gap in terms of using natural medicines and common sense to support and help people's health. So that okay, was, so here's, here's the problem. First of all, with your statement, is the assumption of common sense. As I yes, read, it doesn't grow in everyone's yes, backyard. Yes, and okay, let me, let me rephrase that then. Let's just say that, you know, helping and guiding people how to use soap, you know, what the immune system is, how there is tremendous nutrition in certain foods, how, you're, how, you're, how to entertain yourself, how to be creative, what, what will help you with longevity, and how the importance of, of uh, critical thinking and trusting your intuition. So right, right, and yeah. that's where we that's where the collaborative effort becomes really important right now. And Very I'm important. I'm not seeing a lot of community being built around sort of creative ideas as to where we can go from here. I'm I'm seeing people trying and struggling just to be okay. I'm seeing yes. people really struggling with trying to come up with an idea of what norm would look like because they still haven't gotten over the fact that what was normal before the pandemic is gone. Right. And right. so do you jump over this 16 months, pretend it didn't happen? Some are going to try, some want to. Or do we take a look at, all right, what do I, you know, what can I take away from this? What can I learn from this experience? Yeah. yeah, what can I learn? How have I grown? And and you're right, Gord, that's that sense of learning how to turn inwards. And mm. instead of reaching out for distraction or this discomfort that I'm feeling, I don't want it, so I need to, you know, drink or I need to do whatever to dope myself so that I or numb so out on Netflix, right? right? Yeah. I know it is. And and that substance that abuse has gone way, way up. Well, and it's a reflection again of what has been how what we've created as a society okay so we're talking here about uh some of some of the the movement of maybe the movement that's not happening um right and uh we keep coming up with the idea of common sense which you know we have we have differing opinions about in a way um you know, there's there's been a lot of studies. I said it at the beginning of the show. A lot of people are writing about it, but there's also a ton of studies about what the new norm might look like. So, 
you know, some fairly notable shares out of this one big study that was done by Pew's Research, uh, which is a very respectable uh, company. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of these, these bigwigs thought that the um, uh, economic uh, inequality is actually going to worsen, you know, which I could see that happening. Are you with yeah, me? Yeah, and I think that yeah. I, I, I don't know if um, that's a normal cyclical nature of really economies. And, and I, I think that it makes sense that that could happen for sure. You can see it and, and you can see that there's this fear all around us, right? Around there's not enough. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I mean, the, the scary thing here is that the, um, those that have versus those that have not is the haves have pulled way ahead during this entire pandemic. Mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. that don't have are more likely to have been people who had the kinds of jobs in service industry, um, like restaurant and all of that, that in fact, you know, aren't at the top rung in terms of pay. And they, they're the ones that actually lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing, you know, that discrepancy begins to, to creep in even greater than. Um, so when you start talking about, you know, hopefully in creating a kinder place in the world that, you know, that inequality has got to be addressed somehow, like a redistribution of wealth or a distribution of wealth in a different way or, you know. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I I completely agree with you, Gordon. I think that that's where we talked a little bit about this last week, that the idea of conscious leadership is very, very important and consciousness and, and also realizing that, you know, as individuals, we do have to take responsibility for whatever circumstances we're in. Otherwise, we remain victims. And that, to me, is not going to help anybody. But I agree with you around this distribution of how things are done. Like when I, you know, when I see things where, I mean, I'm very supportive in terms of, you know, I know we need the city monies for certain things. But when I, when I see that we're using someone as as qualified as a police officer to, you know, stand at a construction site. I don't think that that is right. <laughs> healthy or uh, necessary. And, and, you know, I mean, we could find lots of little things, but again, it goes back to who's making these decisions, but we can't say, oh, it's that person. It's all of us. So I, I feel sometimes a bit, you know, sort of hopeless around where do you start? And I think you can only start with your own life and then take inspired action rather than reactive action that becomes very emotionally right. charged, right? Because that is just not going to be effective. No, I mean, as, as much as we can talk about it, as much as people have dreamt about sort of this new consciousness and so on, it really, it can't be this big, huge, okay, everybody, let's go on this one because it's not going to happen. No. No. It's not going to happen. Right. Nobody has that ability to, to move that many people you know, in a short period of time into a new, a new thought pattern. Yeah. It, it no, really is exactly. an individual thing. You know, yes. consciousness is it's, not easy either. Oh, no, it's, it's definitely not. It's <laughs> ongoing. It's lifelong. And, and it's accepting, it's an acceptance that everyone, I mean, if we go into that place that everyone is, you know, connected and all of this, and, and we can only continue to try to, hold a vibration of kindness and awareness still with good boundaries, but also be like, well, maybe 
people that are are in positions where they have accessibility to this level of of living that would, how do they become more involved in big decisions that that can have effective change right right you know but i don't know well, too many if you people have people that want to go into politics right <laughs> i don't know too many conscious people that want to well sign it's, up it's not even it's not even just politics i don't think mm-hmm. you know it's it's like just supporting in terms of committees or local community things or, or whatever. It's just that the people who, who are running or in control of want to be in control of. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. there are people who are willing, but there are many people that are just like, no, we're doing it my way. Well, right. you know what? Your right. way hasn't been right. working for a few hundred years, dude. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's time to let the get the white guys, old white guys out of the way yeah. and get them to yeah. step yeah. down, you know? Even yeah. they get the yeah. old women up in there, but get the old guys out of there. You know, they're yeah. uh, they're uh, and that's what's called controlling most of all of this right now. You know? I mean totally. that's just, just, so, well and and yeah. I, and I, it's like it's like we you know, we've said before that okay, we are needing to design new systems. And maybe it's going to take a hundred years, maybe not, maybe not so long. But if these systems, because it's it's that aspect of leading by example, but also thinking outside of the box. But when you know when people are afraid to change, or afraid to step into, you could say the unknown, but we could also rephrase it and say actually we're stepping into limitlessness, which has a much nicer feel to it. Compared to unknown, yeah. I think that unknown triggers fear for people. You know, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. we've been we've been taught we have to know. Yeah, you know yeah. that's why when when people are going through sort of a shift internally, there's sometimes like a a, a place of confusion. People just feel confused right. between the old and the new, and so on. And that's just such an unacceptable place for so many people to mm-hmm. not know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you can, and, and, can one accept being confused as part of the process? Yeah, yeah exactly. This exactly. Is, and this you know, is, this I'm, is, I'm actually going to. I'll put a plug in September the first. I'm doing a whole uh, evening workshop that's open to everybody uh, on spiritual awakening, and that is it's not a fun thing. It's messy, nope. <laughs> you know, um, and right. feels very, very, you know, just uh, unbalancing. So yeah. we're, we're going through that globally is what's yeah. going on. And I think every, everyone's going through differently, right? Like like some sure. people are, are enjoying this time and have really benefited and are appreciating that there's been, it's not that either or, it's that sense that, well, evolution includes pain and it includes positive things, but it's, it's still experience and it's still part of being human, but it takes, as you said, it's a, it's a real uh, shift of awareness, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not just awareness, but the energies that are associated to that, mm-hmm. you know, like our physical mm-hmm. and uh, all, all, all different levels of energy, you know, yeah. I think the sooner that we accept that we're energetic beings, the easier yes. all of this is going to become and, and yes. you know, not, not keep acting like I'm a car, you know, that right. I can knock on, right. can you let me in the door? Right. Um, right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, there, there's just, to me, sort of basic shifts. And that is that we're not a solid piece of, you know, door that we're actually, you know, this very energetic being. Uh, mm-hmm. And that also really affects us too. 
you know. One oh, of the, one of the other things they said was the spread a multiple a multiplicity of the of spread of misinformation mm. by author, mm. authoritarians and polarized populations who are waging warring information campaigns with their foes. Well, are you kidding me? But that's what they see happening, and you know what? I can see that. Very we can see that happening already. Yeah, it's been happening oh, for yeah. a while. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and you know, I, okay. I, there's a journal, journalist I came across in Alberta. I think I may have mentioned her to you before, but I believe her name is Danielle Smith, but she she resigned from Chorus Media, and her statement was really very inspiring, and she said that, you know, I'm paraphrasing completely, but it was it was a sense of that she became a journalist in order to tell the truth, and she said she can't anymore. So she's gone yeah, independent. And I, oh, good for her. I applaud her. I applaud her so much to say, good for you. She was very respectful of, she'd enjoyed her time with the, but she's, she's like, I can't, I can't report what I need to report. And so that right. I think is where it goes back to that willingness to be creative and step out of your comfort zone and say that yep. actually I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need this institution or whatever it is to give me permission because that's where we have to have leadership. We each have to lead ourselves and realize that, right. oh, you know what? The only one we can, the only one who's responsible for our sense of joy is ourselves. And it's not easy. Exactly. No, exactly. You know, and this is where we, you know, have a possibility to inaugurate new reforms aimed at racial justice and social equity. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even yes. capitalism yes. itself, which I've, you know, uh, and to gain support in, in new policymakers. Because, you know, this this has to be dealt with. We can't go back, you know, on the other side and just pretend nothing happened. Like all no. of the isms of the world that came to the surface for a reason, you know, yeah. and that was yeah. racialized and, and, you know, the ageism and, and LGBTQ and on and on and women's and on and on and on. And on and on yeah. and on, I'm going to take a break because we need to go to commercial. We will be right back in two minutes. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Um, just finishing off, you know, with this uh, Pew research uh, that was done. Uh, now, this was done in August, but 51% of U.S. adults said that they expect that their lives will remain changed in very major ways even after the pandemic is over. Hmm. I know, think that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, if they're sitting with an expectation, you know, then it makes it so much easier. It's like, surprise, you're changing is that's not a true. good way to do it. You know, we call that yeah. like unplanned change is, right. is very, very hard on the system, you know. But, uh, you know, our attitude around change we're so frightened of change. We've sort of just talked about the, the not knowing. We don't like being uncomfortable. We don't like appearing to be awkward because we're not doing, you know. Think of traveling. You know, when you're, you walk into, you know, you don't, don't know the language, maybe the customs, you're, you know, but you really, really want a beer. And yeah. you'll find a way, no matter how awkward it is, to order a beer and something to eat because you got to sit down because you've been doing tourist stuff all morning. You're exhausted. And you find yeah. a way. Yeah. It's sort of the yeah. same thing. If we can accept how awkward what we've done mm-hmm. to get to the pandemic, then mm-hmm. we can be awkward again. We're just in a different country, sort of. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever game right. we have to play with ourselves, you know. Um, well, and and it, I love that, Gord, because I think that's what it is. It's it is a little bit of, you know, it is a little bit like playing a game, where you can still take things seriously, but you can also bring this lightness to it. And I think that that would be a wonderful thing to to allow lighter energy around all of this craziness that's happening, and know it's that the only thing that allows that's the fear. Yes, yes, exactly. And it and to, and I keep wanting to emphasize to to people too that it's very purposeful. You know, it's much more than what we think with our own little personal story. It's but but that requires again a willingness to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to show up a little bit differently." And and but you know, being willing and we can't control other people. We just can't. We don't have control over anything actually at all. Don't tell me that. Which now. is Wow. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, really, but, exactly. You know, we, Surprise, you're changing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you really allow that to come in and realize, you know, I don't have control because it's, I've said this before, Ram Das is saying, you know, has said, be invested, but not attached. Yep. And I think that is such wisdom where you can still care, but you don't attach because if you do and it disappears, whether it's a person, a job, you know, uh, personal possessions, if they go and you go with it, 
then you're going to suffer so much. But if you realize, okay, you know, it's Absolutely. gone. And of course, you're going to process your pain and grief, but you still realize still that you're loss. not. It is a loss. It's still a loss. I mean, even when good things in our moving up, there's always a letting go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because, you know, this woman wins a big lottery. All right. And she, right. she goes and buys this amazing house and it's her dream, <clears throat> you know, blah, blah. But then she thinks of the neighborhood she lived in and raised her children in and all of her neighbors who have taken such good care of each other. And she has to give all that up so that she can go live in her luxury home. You know, so yeah. you know, loss is a normal part of our evolution. Exactly. exactly. But it's the value that we place that causes the suffering. Mm. The more important we make something, mm. then the greater mm-hmm. we're going to suffer. And mm-hmm. as someone said, that's the cost of love. Grief mm. is cost of loving well but but don't you see love as being more that it love is to me everything love is not just the good feelings oh no absolutely and that's what i'm trying to do is to balance it is 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 that you know grief will be is part of love yes it's part of the whole yes. thing yes, you know, yes, if, yes when when a partner dies the grief is profound mm-hmm. you know? uh or even a breakup when, when you know, we arrive oh. at a, a decision that says, hey, you know, nice fantasy, but this isn't going to go to the old age. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can sell the rocking chairs now. Right. Um, <laughs> but that's part of, part of that whole letting go is part of letting go of the fantasy. Well, exactly. And it's the awareness aspect of our general Western culture where we, we, we don't embrace death we don't embrace mm-hmm. death in terms of not mortality, that's one aspect, but actually the aspect of impermanence and that in every moment there's a death and you're moving forward. And when you, when you let go of, oh, I, I'm, I'm not going into nostalgia because that nostalgia can be so clinging. It's like looking at old photographs and having longing, okay. but it, it, it's, and it, you still feel it, but you also realize that, oh, and there's tomorrow or and there's the next moment or the next minute and it's it and does what a great history it's, it's yeah and it's it, or her story yeah right <laughs> you know? right yeah and it, it requires work it requires a deliberate a, a deliberate intention and i think that you can't force people you know we we have to just allow people to be where they are and i don't mean that from an arrogant place no no believe because it's it's I have my own you know uh, stuff of course, but it's just uh, taking again reflecting on ourselves and saying, I'm responsible for myself, period. Right, and if I'm not where I want to be, I'm the only person that you know needs to take that responsibility exactly. to move me elsewhere. Exactly. Whatever that might be, you yeah. know, whether it's like in I'd, terms I'd, of general health or physically. Oh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, and, and really being able to say that I can be in this world. I don't have to escape somewhere. I right. can still be in the city and, and I can be conscious and I can still enjoy life and also be joyful. But, you know, I'd love to see huge supports coming in for parents, huge supports for, you know, that would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Because uh, we're, you know, all the little people that need some, some support, the parents need support. No question about it. You know, uh, the, the, one of the things they said in the pews one was that the, to, enhance, to enhance the quality of life for a lot of families and workers 
right, all kinds of things that can be done, flexibility in workplaces. I know that I know that a number of people that I've spoken to have loved, especially men, interestingly, have loved having this year of working from home with their kids. You know, a couple of them that I've spoken to got up at like four in the morning. They do their thing, get time for the kids to wake up, then they spend the day with their kids. Kids go, they go back to work, meaning just into another room in the, in the yeah. same house. And, they, and I said, could you imagine what our lives might be like or differently our lives if we'd had a whole year with our father when we were like eight years old or 10 or 12? I, I would have loved that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I never mm-hmm. had that opportunity. Well, and especially uh, if the parent is very present, you know, because, yeah, well, they, you know, these guys you know, sound really present or they're learning how yeah. to be really present to their kids, you know. Yeah, uh, what that's them, fantastic. One of them apologized for being sort of weepy when he was telling me how sad he was that the kids would go back to school. Of course, this was a lot of months yeah. ago. And I said, you know, dude, there's nothing wimpy about or weepy no way. about, you know, having that appreciation for your children. I said, you're very, very blessed. Well, and that's the beautiful thing about really going what you were saying around value. We're learning what do we actually value? Like, I mean, of course, our needs and things change, but I think the pandemic has been really exceptional for allowing people to consider what do I value and what's really important to me. And it's, it is uncomfortable for younger people, I think, who are used to being out a lot and extroverts. I think it's been maybe more challenging for them. Our value um, comes in a little classic card. Right. Visa, charge it. First thing I was going to teach to my new niece when she was born was, can you say, charge it? <laughs> Just to get back to my brother. Uh, but yeah, our values are really uh, uh, out of whack. They really are. I think we've got an opportunity to find out what values there are. I know, again, as I do a lot of, you know, reading and research, people who just like let go of friends that they really weren't. They just were a habit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's mm-hmm. happening a lot, you know, given that all it of is. our relationships have now become long distance. Uh, yes. You know, yes. or Zoom relationships. Um, yes, yes. It's like people are like, wow. There's no trauma going on. There's no, you know, all of those kinds of things that we probably weren't fully aware of because we didn't yeah. give ourselves a chance to, to become aware of them. Exactly. That so it's do. been a big pause button of, mm. of saying, oh, we were, what am I noticing now? And, and it's been, I think it's been very hard for some people to let go of some friendships of where they sort of dissolve and be like, I don't actually feel I'm aligned anymore with this person. Right. Right. And that's, a, you know, again, that's a, still a loss. I mean, we may have some history and so on with these people yeah. or persons or, or whatever. But, yeah. you know, I think that we really want to be in a place of value added, mm-hmm. not drama, not drama taken. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, we need to have it, especially people who are in um, any sort of caregiving role, you know, professionally or privately, you know, in their families or whatever. We need people that support us. We need people that feed into our energy, not take our energy away or want us to give even more energy away. Right. Because right. And I, and them. that's and that's also up to the the person in that in in their awareness of of how am I working with my own energy and how much am I going into this role of being you know, 
service to friends where I need to just be the one who's like, hey, I need to receive. And it, yeah. it can't yeah. just be. And that, that also, I think, is a big, um, huge, huge learning, right? Huge growth. The energy vampires. <laughs> the energy vampires. And they don't oh, even yeah. know they're, they don't even know it. Like the that's, that's how they're recharging is being in the presence of somebody that they, you know, the energy is going. But yeah. if you walk away from someone and you feel, oh my God, exhausted, then that person has just, you know, walked away with some of your, your energy. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and, my goodness, and wouldn't that be wonderful to be teaching, teaching young kids and everybody just how to pay attention to your energy? Because, I think that aspect of the biofield and recognizing that we all have this energy field and how mm-hmm. do you contain it and how do you expand it and when to know, oh, I'm recognized, wow, my energy is getting sucked out of me right now, so I need to pull back. But yeah. maybe people can't walk away, but they could at least learn how to again, go inside and bring their awareness inside so that no matter what's going on out here, they don't feel you know, drained by it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And those that do drain, that they can learn to give. Mm-hmm. That they don't have to be taking all the time from people around them. Exactly. That they can actually learn where's that energy come from because we're sitting yeah. in the middle of it and, and be able, in other words, it's that whole thing of share. Let's share, not C H E R, but S H A R E. You know, greed. Breaking to share. Really? No, no. We already did a tell. Uh, greed, <laughs> greed is, I think, probably one of our biggest stumbling blocks. That's our capitalism. I'm not a communist. I'm not, you know, uh, just that no, we no. need to redefine what that looks like. And that's about equity. That's about the sacredness of every single human being. That everyone has the same rights to the same things, whether it's water, medical care, education. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Being kind. Like- Community, being inclusive, those are the things that would just be incredibly awesome that became the norm in our world, not the exception to our world. Yeah. You know, it really would. You know, we're, we're you know, the, becoming anti-racist so that we're not only are we colorblind, but we're gen, gender blind, we're sexuality blind, we're age blind, you know. What does well, it matter? Instead of those are the three things. The first three things we, we do is determine your gender and your color and your age in the first three seconds yeah, of meeting yeah. or less. Right. Unbelievable. So, you know, that what's that book called? The, the, there's only fear and love, right? There's a title of a book that says the only right. really two emotions are fear and love. And fear and love. Absolutely. So, yeah. We love if you'd like to be in need. touch with us. You can get uh, uh, be in touch with us at info at spiritgrows.ca. If you'd like to know more about who's coming up on the show, we got a lot of people this summer lined up as guests. Uh, go to transformationalarts.ca. So this is Gordon Riddell and Alexia Jardusis. We're here at Things Worth Considering. Have a great and healthy week, and we will meet you back here next Thursday at 8 p.m. Good night, everyone. Thank you. for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 